All right, so session on is, oh, you gave it a name and everything. Um, I'm glad finally somebody read it. <laughs> well, you gave it a name. Is fitness just a frame of mind? There's a cool thing. So, uh, setting off first off with the quote for the day, the hard part, uh, uh, the hard part isn't getting your body in shape. The hard part is getting your mind in shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know who said that. It's just an unknown. So, in the room we got Sean Homer, Alex Brugance, Johnny. Uh, okay. Uh, Jankowski. But do we want to call him Patrick, Pat, or... Pat is good. Pat is good. Uh, Jankowski, Cornell. Uh, uh, Steve Anderson. And... Andrew Bishop. Andrew. Andrew. So we're coming together here to talk about fitness. And uh, we got three main areas that we want to take a look at. I'm going to hit you off with all three. One is what has fitness meant at stages in your life? Uh, Part two in our segment will be how does fitness differ from health or does it? And how is your level of fitness affecting your life? So to kick things off, uh, I just, I guess I'm going to go clockwise that way. Or we could start with the guy who, the freaking Captain America specimen that's over here. Or we can speak to uh, Andrew. Which one do you want? Uh, Let's go, Andrew. All right. We're going to start off with our guest. Um, Andrew, fitness. Uh, What has fitness meant at uh, different stages in your life, shall we say? Me, fitness at different stages just meant uh, fuel supply, food. It meant? Food. Food. Fuel supply. Fuel supply. That's it. At different stages in your life, you changed up the foods that you ate? Yes, absolutely. It's been a progression. Yeah. So the more I learn, the more I realize I really don't know much. So I better keep moving or <laughs> I'm stuck. The more you learn, the more. Okay. I like it. That's a crazy line. I like it. And um, so yeah. I look at infancy stage. What's fitness? Mm-hmm. Cry and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, toddler. Eating, running around. And as you go along the line, what we associate as fitness, I think it's movement. But the fuel supply of movement, movement is food. Mm-hmm. So for me, fitness and food, that's the equation. Can you give the proper intro, Andrew? Yes, I can give a proper intro to Andrew. So Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew is um, Andrew is 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 pretty. I think pretty genius at what he does. Um, health, nutrition. Um, it mixed in with with um, how you live your life, like like lifestyle. So. What um, Andrew can in- introduce himself with this, but where we met, we met through a mutual friend. And Andrew, <clears throat> for over <clears throat> 16 years at two different schools, he's run a um, a program for young people. He's been doing it for more than that, but he's done it officially at two different schools for uh, for eight years each, so 16 years. Totally volunteer his own time. He's there at 7 a.m. before school starts. You can count the number of days he's missed over the 16 years on one hand um, with young people giving them phys- physical literacy mm. and character development before they start their day. Mm. And sleep, nutrition, 
hydration, those are the areas that, that I know, Andrew, to focus on with young people. And if you don't mind me saying um, your goal with the family tree, you know, yes. do you mind me saying that? Or? No, no, no. <clears throat> so one of his, his personal goal is to change the family tree of, of people through the young people that he works with. And it actually happens. I, I get to see all the time parents and young people, the way they interact with him and who he is in his community. Uh, and literally, I, I recall one story where, you know, the kid comes home and says, okay, well, Mr. Pichon said that, you know, I can't drink milk anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. What do you mean you can't have pop? <laughs> you got to take pop. We, we have pop here, you know? And then slowly but surely, the diet of the, the eating of the family changes and, you know, the health of the family changes. He's literally changing family trees. So what does that mean, changing the family tree? Well, I'll let him explain that. Um, young people have, look at all the companies that market, right? McDonald's, for example. Mm -hmm. Who do they market to? Children. Mm -hmm. And you want to get a message across, start with the young people. Politicians will tell you that um, the, the child is the future mm -hmm. for all of us. And so to change the family tree, we, we work with athletes, you know what Steve does. Um, my guys progress to Ish and then progress to him. And if you have a, if you have a child that's uh, physical literacy, learning, character development, sleep, nutrition, and training, becomes a really good athlete, then all of a sudden they go to, they sign a, a scholarship and they go off to the States. Well, they've affected the family tree right there because of a financial situation. Mm -hmm. However, the, the, the pride of going to play sports at a university or college on a scholarship, that's just one level. Mm -hmm. When they make it to the next level, where they become a part of a national or uh, Raptors, Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. Professional. Professional sports. All of a sudden, the, the financial equation just, it's humongous now. Mm -hmm. and, and those are things that change family trees. So the child now becomes the top. And then what we teach the child okay. is that once you are respected on that level, mm -hmm. the responsibility and accountability is enormous. So before they even become that professional, they start to learn, what is, what is my footing here? Like, what am I doing to the people around me? So if I'm, if I'm 12 and I'm really good, well, what happens to that five-year-old in kindergarten that's looking up to me as a grade six? And if I'm in grade six, and I'm looking up to that grade eight, or if I'm in grade nine, I'm looking up to that grade 12 that's just on his way to a scholarship. Mm -hmm. So that, that residual effect is huge. So let me spin my question now. Yeah, back to Now that, that we have uh, a little bit more of a background. Instead of what has fitness meant at stages in your life, right. what are you teaching these children about fitness at the various stages in their life. And I say that because you're getting them at a young age yeah. and then they end up at a professional, national, or Olympic level with right. a guy like Steve. Right. So what is fitness like at those various stages? I mean, you're not deadlifting at 10 years old, no, absolutely. right? But you are when you're yeah. at Olympic level. So, so what does that of, look like? One of the information, pieces of information that we transfer, because Steve will tell you when he's working with these professional guys that we work with, some of them started in my backyard that he's had to work with. They're on a very fine line mm -hmm. in terms of Russia, China, Canada, United States, Australia. The competition level is very, very fine. 
Right. What makes a difference is no longer the physical training, because they might do six hours a day. We have 10-year-old, 12-year-old gymnasts that are doing 26 hours a week. That's like a job. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now they get to his level and they're doing maybe six hours a day. But Steve realized a long time ago that it's no longer about the physical. It's about the mental. And that's where character development comes in. So what do we teach kids? We teach kids about responsibility and accountability to the people around you. So it's no longer about you. It's about everybody else around you. Believe it or not, that's, that's what makes professionals good or better. Okay, so the quote, the hard part isn't getting your body in shape. The hard part is getting your mind in shape. Yeah. You wrote that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. So, we found the guy. We found the guy. We found the guy. So, what I mean by that is, uh, it sounds like you're echoing exactly um, what quote Sean had uh, found. I, I, I like the quote. I very much like the quote. Um, so, what do we teach kids on the physical level? We teach them that the training, yeah, that's just the fun part. Like, mm -hmm. have fun. When the kids come in the morning at 7.30 to see me, their workout, their exertion is only eight minutes for an mm -hmm. entire hour. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is talking, having fun, playing some games, you know, sharing some information. And that time is not enough. It goes by so fast. It's like, oh, the bell's rung. We got to go. We got to go. Get to class. I don't want your teachers complaining. Yeah. Right? And they do it over and over and over again for 188 days in a school year. But they have worksheets that they do for the entire 10 months of the school year. And the growth is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Literally phenomenal. Yeah. So what, what is um, on, the, on the nutrition level? Mm -hmm. The first thing is water. Mm -hmm. right? And what does that mean? Believe it or not, kids don't like water. They don't drink water. Their parents struggle with them to drink water. They love juices and pop. So then we start to go into, well, why is water good for you? Why is pop maybe not good for you? And this might take, we might have talk about this here and there, here and there, but it's all in fun and joking around mm -hmm. over a period of the 10 months. But when they get it, they get it. Mm -hmm. And when they get it, they make the changes themselves. Nobody's telling them to go do it. And that changes the family. And that changes the family. Yeah. When the kids go home and say, I want to do this. I've had a, a little boy, he was chubby, mm -hmm. right? And for some reason he latched onto the information and this was at grade five. And he stopped drinking milk and pop immediately. That's a drastic case. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he latched onto that information. Mm -hmm. But his mom is, now he's in grade 12. And if his mom sees me, it's a hug. It's like, oh, he's still doing what you told him. And he's an MMA and he's doing this and he's doing that. He's like, she says, you don't have no idea. This kid has changed his life. Well, that wasn't me. I was just transferring information. Mm -hmm. That was him. He did the hard work. I did the easy work. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Good start. Going to ask. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could almost do the whole segment with just I'm telling you, right? Yeah. Tip your waitresses. Okay, so um, <laughs> as, as an, uh, 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 a coach for Olympic athletes and all that kind of stuff, what yeah. is, what is fitness meant at, at different stages in your life? 
Yeah, well, before we, before we get directly to me, I just want to follow up on something that I've experienced through through Andrew and what he does. Yeah. Right? Um, it's incredible to me the environment that he creates for young people, and we're trying to we're we're working on creating that for schools. That's the mm -hmm. program we're working on. What he what he does, giving that to young people in general, and um, the the safety that they have, and um, their ability to interact with each other without conflict, to feel supported, like you know, speaking to the principal at, at Andrew's school, he'll have kids that. You know, they're supposed to be the kids who are bullying and doing whatever else in the school. And I come to watch him in his group. They're mentoring. They're, they're only competing with themselves. Like, it's heavy competition, but it's only about you and what you've done in the past. It's not about anyone else. So they're totally free to support each other and cheer each other on and stuff. And then they walk out of there and go to the other, you know, environment in, inside the school where they don't have that sense of safety and everything else, and then you see the bullying and behavior and everything else because they're in survival mode. So whatever Andrew's created, it's given them such a sense of safety where they're able to not be in survival mode, mm -hmm. and you see their real character come out, who they, who they can be in the world. And then you put them back into the same building, you know, but different people, different environment, and you, and you see. So, and he's doing that through, it looks like physical literacy. Yeah, sounds like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and that's that's the vehicle that, that he uses, and that with the character development, where they discuss things and go through character development, and that's the effect that he's having. So that that just it blew me away. To come and watch blew me absolutely blew me away. And then speak to the principal and the other teachers and the kids, it, it just blew me away. So yeah, so me, okay. <laughs> I um. I was thinking when you when you asked this question, I was I was just playing a replay through my life, and I was always physical. My dad, uh, my dad used to throw softball with me, and this I must have been like five, six years old, and he used to throw the softball in our front yard like he's throwing it to a man, mm -hmm. and he had a sidearm throw, so it had a bit of a curve in it, mm -hmm. and I used to pride myself on being able to catch his his throw, and he would just throw it and laugh, right, like. He had an expectation, my dad was very athletic, and he had an expectation that I could handle it, and I had an expectation that I could handle it. So early on, and I don't recall the actual ages, my dad passed when I was nine, so it had to be, you know, like six, five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, but I have these distinct memories of the weekend catching these balls that would just like sometimes knock the glove off my hand, mm. and just having a pride in it. And, um, and that's the way I approached sport so to me initially sport was fitness I never I never really worked at fitness it was always some form of play whether it was baseball or football or basketball or whatever it was I got my fitness through training for sport and and uh, so that became my vehicle it's still my vehicle today is sport is one of the vehicles I use for developing myself and developing other people mm. and um, because I was athletic I don't recall formally training, like doing weights and jump training and all that sort of stuff. I, when I was 18, I had a 42-inch standing vertical jump. What? Yeah, nice. so, and I didn't do weights and stuff. Yeah. So it make, makes me mad, because I don't know how high I would have jumped <laughs> if yeah. I had formally <laughs> trained. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And deal with Andrew and, and our other friend Ish, what he does, if I had done some training, I don't know. So it made me lazy. Mm. 
and it made me undisciplined. Mm-hmm. And it, it and I was and I had lots of success as an athlete. Um, and so, but I did it through movement and and play. Mm-hmm. Now I recall becoming an adult and um, having more structure, but still having that laziness and not having that discipline. Yeah. Um, and 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 being satisfied with the results that I was getting because of my athleticism and whatever I was gaining through play. And then, you know, let's call it retirement. 27, I became a professional coach. Mm. And for the next five years or so, I still played volleyball, but I was coaching as a professional. And um, I stopped playing. Mm. And I didn't have the foundation set, the discipline of working out. So injuries started to happen, uh, which led to more time not working out. Um, and then, like now, I'm 55, so somewhere between 40, I, I remember the first time I couldn't dunk a basketball. I was, it was 1996, mm. in the Olympic Village in Atlanta, and I was in my 30s, and I'd always been able to just jump up and dunk a basketball. Mm-hmm. And there was a hoop, it was in the campus in, in Atlanta. And so I just, ah, boom, went up and tried to dunk, and boom, couldn't dunk. Yeah, scully. <laughs> I put on some weight and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I stayed there for 30 minutes, I was with my athletes, and I'm like, I'm gonna dunk this ball. Yeah. And I went out and I couldn't dunk it, and after about five minutes, they left, and I was there for half an hour trying to dunk this ball. <laughs> and I couldn't dunk the ball, it was the first time since 14 where I couldn't dunk a basketball. And you got sweaty. I was, I was panicked. Yep. <laughs> yep, I know what you mean. My image of self just shifted. And, yep. uh, and so I made a commitment, I got some weight off, and I trained a little bit, and I dunk a basketball again, and that lasted for, for a while. But now, like at 55, I still have the memory of being athletic and being able to do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, I'm like 40, 50 pounds heavier than I was when I played. I'm five foot ten, so I'm not a tall guy. And my whole fitness, fitness is it's more like health to me. And I realize I don't have the habits. I don't have the eating habits. I come from Kentucky, so food, you know, it's about taste. It's not about nutrition. Uh, Water and I didn't have a great relationship. Is that where Colonel Sanders is from? Colonel Harlan Sanders. That's that's where he's from? That's it. Yep. The, uh, I don't want to get into the Colonel Sanders. (laughs) That's all right. Got got a whole thing about Colonel Sanders. (laughs) 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 All right, we're good. We're not going to get into it. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I guess at every stage, it's progressed from just, you know, something I take for granted to play. I think I still take it for granted in the sense that I'm not diligent with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And but now I associated more to health before it was performance. I could have just said that in the beginning that fitness was about performance, and now fitness is more about health. And now that I have an 11 year old son, it's about health and longevity. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm a bit broken in certain areas, the performance piece is about being able to walk upstairs or you know, sleep without a CPAP machine, <laughs> you know, like real life stuff, you know? yeah, make love to my wife, all that kind of stuff. So that's uh that's where it is now so that's been my fitness journey cool well okay it's funny because yours uh your outlook on fitness at different stages in your life kind of mirrors mine which was you know uh throughout elementary school high school it was all sports driven and fitness was based on performance um 
can I run the 100, 200, 400 um, is, 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 was always the question. Can I, can I, can I place with uh, 100, 200, 400 basketball? I used to be able to dunk. It was fun when there was actually a nine foot rim that was down the road from our house. And we used to watch Come Fly With Me, uh, Michael Jordan's <laughs> yeah. Come Fly With Me, and then go play. Yeah, that's right. right? So that was always it. Um, it was never necessarily hitting the gym uh, uh, to, to lift heavy weights or whatever. It was um, uh, karate. It was uh, track. It was basketball. It was volleyball. It was stuff like that. Can you do these things? It was football. Can you run? Can you, um, can you tackle? Can you catch a guy? Kind of thing. Uh, as you progress and you get into high school, some of that stuff dropped off because I discovered women. And then um, I'm not even joking. Yes, it was a different performance that I had to (laughs) performance level that I had to play at. And then I got into the (laughs) entertainment industry and a lot of that drops off. Mm -hmm. So next, you know, yeah, a different type of performance altogether. So all of a sudden my daughter comes around and she's getting older and I take her down to the basketball court. No shit. Exactly what he said. I'm just going to show off for my daughter and dunk and I grabbed like net. Yeah. I grabbed it. <laughs> like, it's not a good my fingers like were this far away from the rim itself. I'm like, it used to be this high over the rim and you've lost eight inches, right? And you're like, the hell happened here? So I fell into daddy mode, you know, at a fairly young age and realized I, I can't do that anymore. And I got sweaty. Because I kept on running around in circles, saying, "No, I can do this. I, I can't do this. This is horrible." Yeah. So, go. yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Sun's going down. Mom's calling. Like, oh my gosh, that is still there. <laughs> that's that's still at the court trying to figure it. Out. Okay, well, you know, mom can't. No, anyway. So, it quickly moved from that to. Ah, forget this, and and I'll just throw her the ball for a little while. It didn't move into. Uh, it wasn't until um, uh, different stressors in my life on, on a personal side of things, and I guess professional at the same time too. Um, a whole bunch of stressors occurred at the same point in time, and Sean will remember this, and I went from being, you know, 170 whatever pounds to 130 uh, in, in very short period of time. And, and it was very unhealthy, right? I'm as as it turns out. So I go to a psychologist, and she says that uh, uh, you know everybody goes through fight, flight, or freeze. Apparently, I'm a fighter, and what that means is it gives it gives you difficulty to eat because all your adrenaline, all your blood is pumping out to your extremities all the time, and there's nothing in your core. So you're trying to ingest, and your throat is locking up. Your everything is locking up because there's no blood flow. Anyways, get past all that, start to eat met a friend of mine who owns a Popeyes and started working out. He owns a not Popeyes, Popeyes chicken. So, Popeyes. <laughs> because oh. last time I was like, like going to So we're going to see us. So we're going I was just about to say we're going to see See, that's why black folk like chicken. So anyways, the idea is uh, uh, a friend of mine over at uh, Popeyes Supplements, um, he started to put me on to a training program and I got, you know, over time uh, an investment because it became not just a matter of you know you're going to go and run down the street 
It was a matter of either investing in a trainer, supplements to catch up on what you've been depleting your body of, um, or depriving your body of, quite frankly, um, and then buying your own weights and investing the time right after work, go down to the gym. The gym was 40 kilometers away, and the idea is I'm going to force myself into a position where when I get to the gym, there's no screwing around. It's like you're going in there to work, right? Uh, instead of if the gym was across the street, you'd be like, ah, I'll go to it tomorrow, right? You f I forced myself into, I've invested the time to drive through rush hour traffic to get to this damn place. I better do something, nice. right? So I forced myself into that for over a year, just a discipline that I tried to put myself through. And my friend Derek, he kept on giving me training programs. And once a month, he would check in on me uh, because I didn't want, let's say, a coach. I could do it myself. Just give it to me. That's my discipline level. Just give it to me and I'll go run with it. And eventually in time, I built a gym in, in my basement. And, you know, I'm still actually after this session, I got to go and pick up a couple of more things because because uh, whatever, I'm still investing in it. Um, and I, so I think fitness initially meant performance. It meant a certain measure of fun uh, throughout elementary into high school. And then now it's become an investment in my health. It's become uh, a, a way of de-stressing. So it's a, it's a mental health thing for me as well. And um, uh, I've found that I've been able to encourage some people around me as well. So it's all almost a leadership piece for me as well. A bunch of folks have come in and that's exactly where we started. do that type of thing. And that's where we started. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yep. Off to Pat. Yeah. Um, so fitness for me, starting off as a kid, primarily was that's the way we got to know the neighbors. Like you had to go play some hockey or soccer oh, or, or that's basketball. Cool. Yeah, you didn't yeah. play. You didn't get to know anybody. So I didn't know that. That's good. I, yeah, so I lived, I lived on a crescent. It was Car. a U-shaped. <laughs> yes. Car galore. We had a whole system going on. It was great. And um, it was very distinct. U-shaped street, one half of the street didn't play any sports. Nobody knew each other. My half did. We always played hockey. It was a religious thing oh. or, or basketball or whatever. Every day after school, you come out. Like it wasn't, why would I do homework? Like you get what I mean? It's like, so obviously I learned that lesson the hard way, but <laughs> eventually balanced homework and, and, and going out. So fitness wasn't even a, a, a thing. It wasn't even about fitness. It wasn't even about being healthy. It was the fun. It was yep. the getting to know people. It's, that was just it. And it was so mindless and, and, and bliss. Um, then growing up after that, I discovered a love for downhill mountain biking. Like that was my thing. And obviously living in the GTA, you know, there's no such thing as downhill mountain biking. So I was going to ask you, what is that? Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, still got the bike anyways. Well, what happens when you, know? you end up at the bottom? Yeah, so what you, what you gotta go, go back up? up. You have you to go, go up, up a hill to go down. So there's that part of the fitness aspect of it. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah. You got to get yourself like up there to get back down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or if you start at the top, you got to go back, right? Yeah. You can't go downhill home both ways, you know, yeah. so. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. But, um, and then so it just became, then fitness transferred into something along the lines of just like meditation. Put some headphones on, get my favorite pump up music going, and I'd be gone for like six hours. And 
you know, it became a problem. My family's like, dude, like walkie talkies don't go that far, you know? <laughs> and here I am, like, I don't even, I can't remember how young I was. So I was the first guy with a cell phone because I biked. That was my thing. And I so, needed something. So how far? I don't even, I can't even tell you. I don't know. Like, it was just in Mississauga. Like, no, no, like, I would leave my house in Mississauga at the time and just, just go. Every day was somewhere different. Or every he time. ended up in the Guelph in real No, no, this was a solo thing. Sometimes I went with friends. Wow. But it became more of a meditation where, you know, it put my music wow. on. Or when girls started coming up, you know, and then you had the whole cell phone thing and, like, you could talk a little bit while biking. That was fun. But anyways. <laughs> but it became more of a, more of a, again, it was never about the fitness. It was about something that the fitness got me, which was a peace of mind. It gave me that, that retreat where from all the noise and everything, I was able to go and relax. And nobody could touch me in that moment. Like, it was just bliss. So, I don't, I don't want to let it go. Like, yeah. where did you find the mountain? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. It came rogue. So, I have, to, I have to leave the city. You know, you get to stuff like Blue Mountain, stuff like that. You go out in Milton, you start to get a little bit more. Um, but it just became it just became an obsession of mine. I remember wow. when I was in like the ninth grade, like I had to get a downhill mountain biking. And my dad's like, dude, there's no I don't care, man. Like I need to get a downhill mountain bike. And so the main difference is it doesn't have the middle shock, it's a lot lighter frame, it's a lot sturdier, so you can handle the tree roots and everything going down. And then, you know, you spend all this effort getting to wherever hill, whatever hill I was going, which you're I was exhausted by the time I get there, then you get up the hill. And then the way down was like two minutes. A minute and a half. That was it. But it was extremely challenging because what? Well, the wipeouts really hurt. Let's put it that way. And really, yeah. Um, but nevertheless, that was the pattern of it. It was the journey to get there. You the climb up, and then I get to enjoy my favorite part of it when I'm already exhausted. You know what I mean? The adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. And then the adrenaline just got me down, and then that got me enough to go home after. So, wow. so that was. Um, it was always again. It was never about the fitness. It was more about what I did. And then the fitness was kind of the byproduct of it. It was just automatic, right? Then I got my G2. So obviously didn't bike anywhere anymore. And then they kind of went downhill yeah. from there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, played some sports in high school. Was a basketball kind of guy as well. Could never dunk for the life of me for whatever reason. But layups, I could do layups. No problem. You know? <laughs> I couldn't jump, man. I still can't. But anyways. It's not like hockey, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm just messing. <laughs> um, and then, but I never built that discipline of that workout, that that mindset of it. It was always like, okay, how am I having fun today? If it's about going out and going kayaking, then we're going out and going kayaking. And I always still to this day have stamina to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's not. A, it, it never became a discipline. It was always, well, what do my friends and I want to do this weekend, right? It's a social thing. It was more of a social thing, and so. Then came uni, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was like winter studying, like there was no fitness whatsoever, and uh, then just kind of forgot about it from there. Then life came, stresses came. My stress puts on weight, not takes off weight, so if you ever want to okay. trade, you let me know, man. But <laughs> yeah. Holy. Yeah. And then um, and now it's um, just like last summer, I've got myself an inflatable kayak for the condo. I keep it in my trunk and sometimes a client cancels. I got an hour and a half. I just go on Lake Ontario. I have my swimming trunks in the back and just go kayaking for an hour and a half. You get what I mean? So that's kind of how it's wow. how it's become now. And I live by the lake. Like right I'm there, yeah, six yeah, minutes yeah. or seven minutes from a launch, right? Yeah. So it's 
sometimes I just fit it in wherever I can. I found out Bixie Bikes has free Wednesdays, so after work, I just hop on and just all night, like, I'll just go. It doesn't matter, you know? But again, no social thing. Get some family, get some friends out, whatever. So that's kind of how fitness has been in my life. It's never been treated as fitness. It's always been treated as just fun. So I got a... The opposite problem, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, so, you're a little yeah. bit younger than this end of the table. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, trust yeah. me, if tack on ten years, then it'll become more about it's your health. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Johnny, we didn't get a actual uh, introduction on you, so I don't know if Alex wants to do it or if you're just gonna dive right in. Okay, I'll let Alex do it. Yeah, there we go. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the best one. So, yes. so curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can tell you if if I were like just close my eyes and you ask me today, like give me like any of the role models like of the men around me in my life mm-hmm. who is committed in fitness, that would be first name John. Like, hey, since like how many years I've known him, it just like. I haven't seen anyone who has discipline and being entrepreneurial, so like being very creative person, like just being inspiration to lots of other entrepreneurs, including me, like being so committed to to his like fitness. Like and I've seen him like I'm like I when before you left to Asia, like it was like two years ago I've seen him like in the shape and I was like, dude, like any man who would want to get in the shape like this, it's natural, like can only see dude he's ripped. <laughs> And he's coming back from Asia, he's like, oh, I'm into calisthenics. And he's even bigger. I'm like, and even more leaner. And I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, you know? <laughs> so, like, obviously, this is someone who would be an inspiration to me. Uh, very committed, very kind, very amazing person. And, like, professionally, a couple ventures. Like, online, um, trying to sell uh, e-commerce, right? So yeah. E-commerce, so selling different products, creating and designing his own products. Um, some of you who've been in the session before, Johnny, uh, with his partner, they created uh, the cold brew coffee maker, which they raised from Kickstarter almost to mill. That's right? So, what? So, US at that time. So, yeah, and then uh, they moved to Asia, and then now it's expanded to glasses, coffee glasses, and just all the coffee culture around it. Um, and as I said, like someone who is really into commitment just to go in deeper and just not just like kind of get the topic but really study and figure out that's that's how i describe joy wow thank and you dear friend <laughs> yeah, so. um thank you uh yeah so i mean so you to, remember the question you're good <laughs> what does fitness mean to uh how is it has it changed throughout my life different stages in your life yeah um so fitness for me started at a really early stage. Yeah. Um, I would like to think it's because my dad made fun of how skinny I was. He used to call me like Malay chicken because my family's from Malaysia. Yeah. And it's like a developing country. So the chicken's really skinny. So he just called me, you know, yeah, Malay, Malay chicken. chicken. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinese is Malay guy. Your, your dad did that, that too? No, I have, I have. Okay, so that's like, interesting. One day, dad, I'm going to be stronger than you. That was, that was in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I started early. So when I was eight years old, there's this show called Kiana's Flex Appeal. Oh, I remember her. <laughs> yeah, she was hot. She was hot. <laughs> Do you remember her? <laughs> oh, yeah, Dude. yeah. When she, she Hawaii. Yeah, man. I remember her too. Yeah. She used to work out on the beach. And <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like okay. fuck, I want to be as, as jacked as all the dudes like working on next to her. So I'd watch, I would go home from school every day. Yeah, yeah. 
and I would follow along with her program. Yeah. But I didn't have weights. Okay. My dad had one weight, so I would I would compensate by taping books together. Yeah. And lifting the books. Or if I did the dead press, I would like awesome. lift my parents' bed. Are <laughs> yeah. you eight years old at this time? I was eight years old. Wow. Okay. So I didn't know. I was just like, this is just what I want to do because I want to be like these dudes on TV. Yeah. You know, when I, I don't know how old we were, but that's what I did for a few <laughs> for a few years. Yeah. Um, and it was just there was no reason. It was just like that was just I made a choice. I'm going to commit All to right, it. All right, so hang on a second. So with Andrew, I was saying you're not deadlifting at eight. He was deadlifting. <laughs> I literally said that, and he turned around and said he was deadlifting at eight. All right. Back to you, John. <laughs> so it, I, I mean, looking back, it just became a habit and a lifestyle before yeah. I knew what, why it was important. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, um, you know, I had mental... What do they call it? I had like depression or just like okay. social anxiety mm-hmm. uh, and I used it as a as an outlet now it was like I didn't know what to do with my stress you know I didn't want to uh, cut myself or do like negative things or you know become suicidal so the only real outlet that I found that worked was fitness so my parents at some point I think 10 or 12 they built a they, they, they put a home gym in the basement so I'm like oh sweet now I don't have to lift books anymore I can I actually work out in my basement. So that became my go-to and, and from basically 12 until the end of high school mm-hmm. when I lived with my parents. Um, eventually I grew the gym, but that was the only outlet I have. It became a form of stress relief because when I became stressed, I just wanted to punch things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I somehow got in the back of my head that I can use, instead of using stress and depression and all this stuff um, to put myself down, I felt good by working out from it. Mm-hmm. So, and I would I would visualize, you know, like all the things that made me angry, like punching my enemies in the face, or the bullies, or the whatever pissed me off. And it, it just that became my motivator for for fitness. Nice. Um, and that, you know, it's been it's been I don't know 15 years since then. I got out of this I guess really negative phase of my life of having to use fitness as a means of a stress outlet. Mm-hmm. And then it became oh you know girls. I think everyone's mentioned that. Like, oh, I want to look at the girls. <laughs> yeah, 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 Let's yeah. lift as much as I can. Um, my goal was like, I want to get to 150. Like, it was really high. I was floating at 140 for most of my my 20s. Yeah. And then at the end of my 20s, I want to get to 150 and squat as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So I got to 325 squat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the year I twisted both of my ankles. Oh, wow. shit. And uh, I'm a dancer, so your ankles are pretty important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and both of those injuries from very light dance uh, warm-ups. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there's something wrong here, mm. right? So uh, at that point, I, even I realized that strength, showing off, trying to be macho, um, it didn't really do much. I just kind of looked fat. I could lift a lot. But what, what did that mean in terms of my, my personal goals? Was it bad form? What was it? It might have been bad form. Um, yeah, I was trying to do a lot of powerlifting. So I had a bunch of like extremities getting injured. And I'm like, why am I trying to show off? Like, who am I, That's right. what am I trying to prove to? Absolutely. Right? I'm not stressed out as much as I used to. Um, so why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I realized that like, uh, as I'm you know, 
I'm only in my late 20s and mm-hmm. I'm getting injured. What's going to happen when I'm 40, 50, 80? That's right. So I'm really thinking ahead and I realize I don't want to be well, injured. Well, 80, yeah, you're really thinking ahead. So the context changed, you know, uh, just like everyone else here as you get older, uh, the context changes. It became uh, injury prevention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma, when she... Uh, she was in her 80s she she had a fall and broke her hip and then you know her her health quickly declined because it's just a domino effect right falls become a main reason why health deteriorates at a a later stage in life okay and i'm also because i'm a dancer i want to dance for the rest of my life yeah uh and i need my ankles i need my wrists and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so I, i i started doing uh body weight exercises using bolsu balls doing everything off off balance, mm-hmm. and I met one trainer at my at my condo gym. He said, "You should always train for the fall." And I'm like, "Wow, that's a really interesting thing because mm-hmm. that's how I injured myself in the first place. I was just doing something. I lost my footing and I twisted my ankle. Mm-hmm. So after that, I started realizing that muscles aren't the reason. Uh, you don't really need massive muscles. Like I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to take steroids when I'm 50. That's I mean, right. I could, but what, what am I going to do? I'm going to have a wife, kids. Like, who am I showing off to? Yeah. Um, I'd rather be able to play with my kids. I'd rather be able to, you know, uh, go to amusement parks with my family or anything like that and just not have a worry about falling and, and being out. Mm-hmm. So uh, a year and a half ago, I really started getting hardcore into calisthenics, um, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, it's body weight training, mm-hmm. things that gymnasts do. Um, I would say it's a derivative of gymnastics, mm-hmm. um, and it really focuses on your joints and your movement at the extremes. So building strength at the extremes, um, and so having gone from powerlifting and focusing on only uh, linear motions to now focusing on very dynamic movements, but in a very controlled way. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been injured since, thankfully. Um, I still dance, hopefully, as much. Uh, I've been at his dance battle. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and then, so the goal is, is just um, injury prevention and, and staying health, uh, staying healthy in that way. So uh, what I love about calisthenics is that it forces me to always be challenging myself because mm-hmm. it's not about strength. Mm-hmm. It's very much skill because I've seen women that are half my size and half my weight, half my strength, they're able to do a lot of these skills that I can't do. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would say they're more fit than me because they have the mobility, the flexibility, the joint strength. They have form. Yeah. This is the messed up thing. So with my trainer, uh, Derek, he expressed to me whenever, let's say he would write a program for me and it was... You know, you're going to do Arnold presses or you're going to do uh, clean to presses or you're going to do a power snatch or whatever. You're trying to figure out how to do that form. When you look on YouTube, don't look at men. <laughs> look at women. Yeah. Women, for some reason, have better form than men. Yeah. Seen it tons of times. So that's how I learned how to do proper form when I'm lifting. Yeah. And the same type watch of deal. Women. It's not, yeah, watch <laughs> women, which I don't have a problem with. <laughs> so <laughs> the idea. The, the looking good though, right? It's like yeah. women, once they get to the point they're doing those extreme things, they're there because they want to be. 
whereas the men are still usually there because they want to look good yeah. for yeah, driven, driven for by whatever you. reason. It's just, yeah, men, men, yeah, constantly. And I could show you one that was actually sent to me last night from a, a gym rat, a girl. Uh, <laughs> she's, a, she's a gym rat. No, no, no joke. She's a gym rat. She calls herself a gym rat. And um, she sends me, um, every once in a while, she'll send me little uh, videos or whatever. She sent me one yesterday, Instagram photo of a guy trying to deadlift uh, 90, uh, 270, 45 pound plate. So he was try probably trying to deadlift about 325. And as he's lifting, his form is horrible. And his heels, which are supposed to be on the ground, started chattering, started bouncing. And he literally had to drop the weight or else he'll fold like a lawn chair. Like that's just lifting for ego, <laughs> right? That's not lifting. Her deadlift, she, right? so. Oh, she sent me her deadlift too. Yeah. She sent me her power snatch. Holy cow, if you see this Can thing, you, it's explain insane. to me what a power snatch is, because my mind's going elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have a conversation happening. Sean, this is a little reminiscent of the last meeting, so we're going to do our best. I'm going to show him the video after. Yes. <laughs> Look at woman on, on YouTube, and you good, Johnny? Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> I got to get to Alex and Sean. Alex? Uh, fitness, different stages in your life. What has uh, fitness meant yeah. to you? Started going back when I was a kid. Uh, you know, it's interesting how our parents, they, they want to leave Strauss. Like, you know, I remember um, when I was like five and a half, um, close to six, my mom was driving me uh, to ballet classes. Like, mm -hmm. like dance, right? So, because she was always dreaming that her boys can be the Dancers, right? So, like, and I, I hated this idea. I wonder boys, why. Like, you know, I was like, what, what, what am I doing? Like, so six, uh, we're driving on the way to, um, to those dance classes, and I remember my first class, and I hated it. Mm -hmm. It was only two boys, me and another guy, and it was like 12 girls. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, and you hated that. I hated it. I hated it. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> so, I'll tell you later. Yeah, but at that time, I, I hated it because it was like, wow. Did you hit puberty yet? <laughs> Man, that doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> so, but what I discovered as we were driving in that class, I figured out like because it was a big, um, it's kind of like a complex for like sports and like different activities. But parents would pay like you know like monthly fee, and, mm -hmm. and the kids would participate in different activities. Mm -hmm. But what I figured out pretty smart like at that age I, um, I figured out I can basically sneak out from this class across the hallway and it was a boxing class so uh, and guess what I was doing for the next two and a half months so my mom would drop me off and I would just cross the hallway and I, would, I was in boxing classes which I love so I would say it's a mix might, might be a little bit of social because I get a chance to meet guys who are older and just like and train with like guys who were like my dad and so like it was fun it was so much fun I had so much fun and just like moving and just punching and doing different kind of things and it's quickly turned to the lifestyle like really I realized as much as it was fun it was a discipline in place it was mm -hmm. like solid discipline what you had to do and it was I guess as I was growing it was so natural like you know growing up in Germany with all the timelines and schedules it was like I had my perfect, like, you know, new timelines for life, right? So, like, growing up in this. Step back quickly, what happened was ballet dancing. Uh, my teacher called three months later, 
almost four, and told my mom that she hadn't seen me like for a while, and I showed up at one of the dances with my black eye. So that was basically the end of the story of dancing. Like my dad was laughing, my mom was crying, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a time when uh, my parents they they basically they committed. They said, okay, well he likes boxing, get him into boxing. Yeah. And, um, and I guess just speak on, Hang on, you reversed the family tree there. That's good. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, could go on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it quickly turned to the lifestyle. And if I look back, like, 12 years being, like, in competitive sport like boxing, for me, it was not just socializing and learning the world because I travel. Every two weeks, I would go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Again, living in Europe, you kind of like you're close to everything. But I got a chance to meet other kids, other countries, like you know, other languages, and and despite all the hard work of like or commitment or discipline, which was from boxing, I really enjoyed the the times where like stress for me it was a stress. I remember teens, like even though like it was just most of my friends were older, and I couldn't connect with my um, same age kids. So for me, it was like definitely a place where I can take off my stress. And um, I think at that, like in my teens, I realized I had like little power over other kids. And I was just, and it was like, it turned quickly to ego, where I, I was successful there, I can win, and I would go, uh, I would go out, like, you know, girls and all of this stuff, and, mm-hmm. and start using this power against other kids. <clears throat> getting in the fights and I remember like one was like really stupid I was just like a little bit drunk going after after a club and I've seen uh, a couple guys were just harassing girl or just whatever and she was screaming so I got there and I, like I basically I was like yeah just let her go and um, I um, the girl got out she was safe but I remember it was like five guys mm-hmm. just and like, you got molly whopped destroyed yep <laughs> And um, yeah, it's been interesting because I, I like done a couple of weeks coming back to gym and my coach was saying you need it and everybody was like, I think lots of people were concerned, but for me the lesson was like, like ego, right? So mm-hmm. it was nothing else, right? So and, and then it was became like more fight with myself and trying to figure out this balance where if you don't have an ego, like if you don't have like desire to go and win, you lose. But if you have too much ego, you lose as well. Right? Mm-hmm. So then it became kind of psychology, like, and that would be the safe space where I would go, like, and I would be like with myself, right? So like, or with people I could trust because um, I couldn't connect like outside of that, like, you know, all the drugs, all the other stuff. Like, it was kind of fun. We tried it all, but like, I realized I couldn't connect with people. Only like, like I have friends of sports, which I still to the day I can pick up the phone and call like all the guys I. I competed against or like with like it was like real friendship at that time mm-hmm. and which probably kind of distanced me from all same age kids and helped me to grow pretty quick and um, yeah so that was like that kind of just growing up so it became pretty quick as a discipline like part of my life like keeping the weight what do you eat it was big right so like because like for me I remember it was the times where um, you would take all those pills like for just like trying to get rid of water, right? Okay. So before competition, mm-hmm. so like I would wake up like three, four times during the night to pee, like deprive myself completely, right? So like uh, to keep the weight, 
I was like, I was like 13, 14, right? So like, it was crazy stuff. Like I, would, I was manipulating my weight, like, you know, people to today talking about hacking. Like, I, that was like all the way back. People were doing this like in a stupid way. So it was like, and like just trying to stay consistent. That was like stressful. Yeah. But it was good. It created discipline. Like definitely watching what I eat, which I can see in today's world. Like I can look back like and say, okay, sweet. I can go on to crazy disciplines. Like last year, you might know, like I've done like five, five day fasts. Mm-hmm. And this is all like coming from like way back from there. It was just like, fuck, like why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's see. So. I think discipline definitely was built there and love to um, fitness and what I see how it's progressed like through dep- uh, depression like in early 20s and uh, going through like business and work experiences it definitely became a place where I would you know might be similar to Johnny just to go go to and just hide my stress get it out <laughs> like, oh God, get it off of me punch this out and um, and speed up to the days today like uh, lately uh, I think I find more and more like been in the gyms for so long I love it it's lifestyle mm-hmm. and now just uh, with Johnny's help his inspiration like what I've noticed like kind of hit the plateau like you go to the gym and you're like yeah it's great what's next right so like and uh, I remember a year ago listening to Peter, Peter Atia who was on the podcast maybe some of you so he's a doctor in Silicon Valley, lots of podcasts, but he was saying uh, he has this idea of centennials, Olympic Games, and he said every one of you should train for this. And I was like, what the heck is this? So it's basically, there's a bunch of moves, and you start preparing yourself for this Olympic game, which is like, it's like Olympic game. So like when you get to your 70s and 80s, you're going to be able to do that squat, like, mm-hmm. know, that lift, or, or just like pull your grandkids from oh, the yeah. floor, get out from the floor, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you start today, right? So this was like kind of aligned with the idea of calisthenics, like where, okay, I can, I can definitely train myself to weight, like, you know, like different kind of levels of weight, but like, it's just, it's boring. But with calisthenics, like, it's kicked my ass. Like, I really, I, I like last session we did, like a few weeks back, and I felt like I'm at ground zero, I'm like, Man, I've been like super good like in my sport. Yeah. I couldn't do simple moves. Yeah. Like completely like no functional, like zero functional. Yeah. Been there, done so, that. <laughs> and now my my focus is like, yeah, definitely wanna be focused more on functional uh, training. So I can be able to raise my kids, lift my kids and just and be healthy parent. Mm-hmm. And obviously like looking back, lots of problems I had like specifically from physical standpoint was like overload myself with physical activity mm-hmm. where you know if you go to calisthenics it's all prevention mm-hmm. training the strengths so you can prevent it obviously that automatically for me brings like being conscious of what you eat how you what's your sleep and like lifestyle so but that that's lately where i am right now so just progression from where i was and where it came so definitely, if I if I would learn this early as a as a kid, I think life would be different. Like at least I would take it whatever I was doing at that time differently, because it was it was a time where I would completely exhaust myself, over exhaust was training. Talking about six hours, I could be like ten hours a day in the gym. There was a times like where I would be like living in the gym, 
Wow. Just go back home, sleep, and you're in the gym. You just you go like one class, you just escape the school, and you're in the gym. You're in the gym all the time. So, but yeah, I find it's definitely a big shift. Sean? All right. Uh, so, what's this been in different stages of my life? Yep. Um, funny enough, you know, it's been a while since I thought about it, but I had an upbringing a bit like Pat that, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, before the age of 10 and that, you meet your friends out in the street, you don't stay in. The concept was, you know, there's a kid your age in the street, go talk to them, go play outside, get out. Like, the parents, the grandparents, they wanted you to be out to, you know, experience things and use your imagination. I did a bit of street hockey, you know, yelling car and that stuff. <laughs> but also just making up games in your head and I found that we'd be running around doing silly stuff like cops and robbers and these sorts of things and it was, you know, fitness but for pleasure and you weren't even thinking at that age, I didn't think about fitness, right? Um, and, you know, then it got into like grade five and six where there's like track and field and there was a point probably, you know, like some of the kids that you're giving them that chance to see, okay, there's another path where I could have went in the track and field. And I think that would have definitely given my my life a different outlook. And I shied away from it because you know, a lot of the athletic kids were like, you know, uh, more egotistical, even at a young age. And uh, some of them were bullies and I just didn't like that crowd, mm-hmm. those type of people. So I shied away from it and into like middle school, I was still doing, you know, some active stuff, uh, playing handball, which I loved to death at that time. But once I hit high school, you know, I started to shy away from it altogether because there was like one gym class and again, a lot of bullies in that class. So I'm like, well, I, you know, uh, started eating worse because my parents have no concept of, you know, clean diet and I start putting on weight and then I have poor body image, so for me it's like, well, I don't want to contribute, I don't want to participate. And going to the gym class was like death to me. Like, I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here at all. And, you know, you forget your shorts, the gym teacher yells at you, instead of, like, finding some alternative way that you can still do something or you can at least learn, you just sit there on the bleachers and be, like, you know, shamed. So, yeah, that definitely messed me up for a while. And then, you know, so I just put on more and more weight as a teenager until my early 20s and it was like the idea of fitness is using my fingers in a video game was the extent of like you know activity mm-hmm. um, but there was you know again back to the childhood the you and your dad uh, my uncle used to do that to me that you catch the ball here or you get hit yeah right you learn very quick so <laughs> some of those lessons still stuck you know? yes That's like <laughs> Wow. You know, you <laughs> one way of doing it. That's old school learning, eh? Yeah. Some consequences. <laughs> Where is your dad and your uncle aiming? <laughs> oh, they're there. Oh, they're Catch aiming. It. Or else. Yeah. Okay. Like a fastball. All right. Fastball. A hardball, not even a softball. Man. A yeah. hardball. As a kid, I remember. But, you know, and, and skating, and he actually encouraged me to bike more than that. And, you know, I guess. I was going to find heels. There wasn't many heels. But, yeah, so, I mean. Until I had that health scare, my early 20s, which I'm sure I've mentioned before, you know, it was like, okay, you gotta, gotta lose weight, gotta clean up the diet, start eating better. And, you know, I was able to lose weight and that got me into the running and I did that for a few years. So my entire outlook of fitness became more on the performance side because I'm like, 
okay, I'm actually healthy now, I can actually perform, I'm doing like 10K races, I was working up to the half marathon, but uh, injuries, I just kept getting injured and wasn't doing the strength training because the running and what I involved was social because I was teaching it for about three years. So the social aspect and leadership aspect, but then also the meditation. Um, so that to me was like an outlet. I could just go there. And even when you're with people, like it's just a very freeing thing to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, then get into stressors. I get a new job, you know, leaving a field that wasn't so great, and the job got really stressful. And then new relationship moved in, you know, moved out for the first time, moved in with you know someone for the first time. So a lot of stressors hit me at once, and I gave it up. And I never really found my way back to it fully since. Um, there's been points, uh, you know, Cornell helped get me, you know, comfortable in the gym because just before I uh, finished my fitness stuff and got in the relationship, I was actually trained to be a personal trainer, but I was scared of the gym because I'd never done it. Mm-hmm. I'd only done some body resistance stuff and then the running teaching. And that was like the only comfortable stuff that I knew and the gym to me was still like you know I because back to the bullies as I was a kid it's like you know well they're you know that's not the people I want to associate with but mm-hmm. Cornell got me to his gym in his condo we did program for like two three months and it's like okay it's just machines it's just another way of doing exercise it's control that helps you get there I lost that fear and understanding of like what mm-hmm. to use it so but upkeeping it you know again different changes in job different stressors and you know, I didn't stay consistent with it. And since then, you know, there's been points where fitness comes back in, but the clear thing I'm having, you know, in the past three, four years is that it's health for me now. It's, you know, I don't have kids and don't plan to have them, but just to be able to do something that, you know, when I retire, I still want to be able to go on hikes. I still want to be mobile. I want to be able to help people move once in a while and not just be like yeah, I can lift like a couple boxes that's the extent of <laughs> right so yeah. um, you know and I messed up my rotator cuff and I never fully worked on that it's okay but there's work I could be doing again to prevent and make sure things aren't gonna get worse again and something uh, Pierre you know the gentleman which couldn't make it out today but he said something recently when he was going for some blood work is He's looking at all the people in like these health centers now, and he's like, "What we call healthcare in Canada, although yeah. it's better and something useful, it's really just sick care, hmm. right? Because it's all about you got sick, now we're looking after you, and yeah, it's supported, but it's freaking useless at that point." Wow, what I find useless is when you go into the hospital and they give you milk. <laughs> yeah, they give you milk. Yeah, yeah. like if you're there overnight. Oh yeah, okay. They bring you a meal. Wow. It's got milk. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just don't. Anyways, back to you. So, like <laughs> teaching kids not to drink. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, and they're giving it to you at Sunnybrook Hospital. Oh, well, that just doesn't I, make I sense. I grew up very upset. Yeah. As a Canadian boy, I just grew up with milk because that's what you have. It's yeah. Not even second thought, right? But, yeah. Um, so, you know, Pierre is about uh, trying to get me focused on preventative and, like, not just fitness, but nutrition and everything else and just. Um, so the best thing I've done in a long time is I saw a naturopath just this past week mm-hmm. because I've been having some dietary issues and you know the job I have is still stressful and still will be 
I'm starting to make better strides in the side business that I want to be doing. And, you know, if I'm able to, you know, in the ideal case, retire early, if my health is shit by that time, what, what the hell's the point? What would you do it for? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to get there, and I'll be able to, like, sit at home and do nothing. Right? That's the opposite of where I want to get to. So that's where I'm at, you know, taking a spin. And because when I lost weight the first time, Dance Dance Revolution, video <laughs> games. Yeah. yeah. Because I played games most of my life, and those years where I got heavy, that was my escape. So I used DDR the first time as a way to say, I like games, this is a way to play and get fit. So I'm using the new Nintendo one, Ring Fit, to take that part of my life and make it, you know, inspire me to keep doing it more. So I just got to make it, you know, even more committed than it is. So it's happening, but it needs to be a bit more. So that's enough for me. Okay. <laughs> that was a big download. That was good. I like it. Um, so, continuing on, is fitness just a frame of mind? I uh, want to jump back over to Andrew here. Uh, question is, how does fitness differ from health? Or does it? it uh, fitness has nothing to do with health. Okay. Uh, Why do you say that? Because uh, when, you're, when you're doing fitness... You're breathing more. Okay. Uh, oxygen is uh, oxidation. So you're just dying faster. <laughs> um, I know it's a, it's a tough concept to wrap the mind around. It is. But if you I'm having a hard time. I'm not joking. Hang on a second. When you are, when you are, when you were in a, in a state of growth, for nine months, you didn't breathe any oxygen. Mm -hmm. Those lungs were filled with uh, liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you emerge, you start dying. This, the, the more um, you oxygenate the cells, the more... Well, if you took an apple, it has mm -hmm. skin around it, right? Mm -hmm. It protects it. Mm -hmm. You cut it open, you leave it on the table, it starts to go brown. Mm -hmm. That's just the effect of oxygen on life. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do is we try to take it foods prevent that process from happening. But we do exercising and we do it to the point where we're stressing ourselves out. And you talked about it, right? You're, you're stressing yourself out. And what you talked about in terms of gut fat is a stress, it's a cortisol hormone that you have no control over. It starts from here. Mm -hmm. And it's a thought process that creates something here that you don't like. Mm -hmm. But it was a thought. That's how it was. So it's uh, it's it's um if you go back to the question yeah did it again which one how does fitness differ from health right mm -hmm. so so health i said was all about fuel intake right has nothing to do with movement mm -hmm. um when you are let me not lose my thought too much because i'm going all over the place in my head here. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you are working out it's all about movement and that, that movement, again, I said, is oxygenation, uh, oxidation. Mm -hmm. When you're taking in food, your body is just refueling itself. Mm -hmm. And that refueling is used in a state called sleep for healing, right? And for repairing and for regeneration. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with movement. But the fuel supply has to be there 
put mm-hmm. sleep to do what it does. Mm-hmm. In sleep, it's all about fear. It's all about our consciousness. In sleep, it's about your subconscious, which is totally outside of you. Okay. It has nothing to do with you. It's just a new frequency that your body is operating on. Everything vibrates at a different frequency. And certain foods intrusive into your body allow your body to vibrate at what we know as the human frequency. Okay. But the precursors around, whether it be noise or music or other things, can destroy that frequency. I'll give you a good idea. Um, one of the cures for cancer is frequency. So the cure for cancer is there's many of them. Right? One of them is just they found that a cancer cell would vibrate at a certain frequency. And if they just hit it with a frequ- uh, different frequency, they can implode it, and then the body just flushes it out 100%. Wow. Right? So that's, that's all to do with frequency, and food has to do with frequency. So I said before, um, what is fitness? Well, it's fuel. What is fuel? Food. And if you take in the right kinds of fuel, fuel the right kinds of food, so you don't eat for emotion or you don't eat for taste anymore, you only have five taste buds, mm-hmm. but there's so many different flavors. So you eat for other reasons, and all of a sudden your body does what it's supposed to do. I don't know if that kind of gets some there. Shit. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, I'm gonna need yeah. to just take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I got a question about fitness. So you, because I see you use fitness, right? So what's the relationship between fitness and fueling? So um, we use fitness for a visual stimuli, right? We want muscles, we want the six pack, and we want the body to function differently. That's the physical. If you can get the subconscious or the internal to function differently, the physical will just come all by itself. So it's, it's how you think is really the factor. Right? And how you think about food becomes a factor, okay. not the fitness. That will come after, that's a byproduct. Okay. So when you eat properly, mm-hmm. when you have the right information about what food is doing for your body, your heart will work better, your skin will become different, your body's detoxifying of itself becomes a whole different issue. The way you eliminate becomes different. That's what you try to do in fitness when you're exercising. You're basically trying to take this stuff that we call fat. Mm-hmm. Well, how did it get there in the first place? It's the food you ate. Mm-hmm. So it's the food you have to change, not how you get rid of the fat. And it will take care of itself. Mm. Okay. That I like. Okay. <laughs> That I get it. I think you still might need like a couple of days. To <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So to digest. To yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta digest all that. Okay. So the last so, part for me, I got one question. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the gosh. last part for me is the oxidation part. So yes. when you move, you are oxi- oxidizing the body. That's the way I don't know So what we have to do now is you have to take in foods that will be antioxidation. That's the right. part. This. That's the part yes. that I think. So what they don't more. tell us about is that, for example, you have a pineal gland in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes calcified by the foods that we eat. Okay. To decalcify it, and your pineal gland is connected to your spirituality, your subconscious when okay. you're sleeping. So to decalcify, there's certain foods that you have to take in. Just like there's, if you have um, 
So stresses in life and bad foods in life and things in life produce what's called free radicals because yeah. of the oxygen that's going in and the free radicals that are being created. Got it. To get rid of free, ad re -rad free radicals, you have to take in antioxidants. That's right. Citrus fruits are antioxidants, right? Vitamin C is an antioxidant. Okay. Um, Pycnogenol is a bark of a tree. It's an antioxidant. Which tree? What are Pine bark. You, pine you trees. just lost me. Okay. Yeah. Good. Trees. It's 50 times more powerful than vitamin C. Um, uh, there's food. Food gives you uh, flax seeds, omega-369, the oils of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just the food. What is the fuel supply? And what is that fuel supply going to do to every cell in your body? So when I talk to kids, I, I say to them, we're just going to change you from a cellular level. We're going to change the cells in your body. Let me give you a good example. Your skin replaces itself on a daily basis. Right. Your stomach lining every six weeks. Your skeletal system every three months. Your entire body that you had seven years ago is not the same that you have today. Mm -hmm. Depending on the fuel supply you put in, you would either get garbage in and garbage out, or you get good stuff in and good stuff out. So you can recycle yourself. But how is it at seven years old, I had already accumulated enough knowledge because they say, give me the child from zero to seven, I'll give you the man. Yeah. Right? You've already accumulated enough knowledge that it's for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But you get to 14 now, and the hormones are kicking in, and the girls, and the fitness, and the working out, and the want to look good, etc. And you hit 21, and it's like, something's changing here. Mm -hmm. And then you hit 28, and you can't dunk anymore. Mm -hmm. right? And you hit 35, and you hit and it goes on and then all of a sudden it's like 49 I've only recycled seven times and I'm ready to die what the hell mm -hmm. this is supposed to get better I'm getting more knowledge why the hell am I going backwards instead of forwards okay and it's all the fuel supply we are crazy to think that North America I want to go where you're going dude <laughs> we're crazy to think that North America is going to give us that fuel supply think about your food where does it come from a can a box Right? Mm -hmm. Or somebody else prepared it for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's called enzymatically dead food. The only reason milk is not good for you is not because it's not good. Mm. If I buy milk in, in Ontario, mm -hmm. right, it has to be pasteurized. If I go to London, England and buy milk, it doesn't have to be pasteurized. In Toronto, it's against the law. A farmer would go to jail for selling you unpasteurized milk. Okay. Unless he signs a contract with you as another farmer buying his milk, then he can sell you whole milk. Mm. So the only reason that feels that food supply is dangerous is because of the process it has to go through, which is called pasteurization, mm -hmm. which kills every single living enzyme in the milk. Mm. So now it's a denatured dead product that we're putting inside our bodies, right. which taxes us and causes problems. Mm -hmm. um, so the more enzy enzymatic rich the food is, the better it is for you. You pick an apple from a tree, automatically, once it leaves its life source, it starts to deplete in its enzymatic life. And we know that when we leave the fruits and they yeah. sit there too long, and all of a sudden we have to throw them yeah. out, we can't eat them anymore. No, sir. So unfortunately, we live in a place where we have to import. Well, what does import mean? It means that, number one, not only do we pay attention to uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, fertilization and, yep. and all of those things. Yeah, pesticides. And pesticides and yep. stuff. Now all of a sudden we have to pay attention to, well, when was this picked again? 
preservation. And when yeah. did it get to your warehouse? That's right. How long did it stay there? When did it get to the grocery store warehouse? Yeah. When did it get to my cupboard? And then when did I use it? Yeah. And that entire process could be anywhere from uh, weeks to years. The apples we eat now was farmed a year ago. It was just in cold storage until we got to it. So I, I know I'm just throwing out some really negative stuff, but... Uh, but that's <laughs> real stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but that's why, go back to the question again, yep. where I said, you know, fitness is not about movement, it's about um, the thoughts. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that frequency and the fuel. Okay, so now I'm turning to the Olympic athlete over here yeah. <laughs> and say, how does fitness differ from health? Yeah. Or does it at all? Yeah, well, I had to do some research on this. And it seems you brought your research with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're always scratching the surface. He's not even having the real conversations he wants to have. Oh, okay. Not, well, that's because else, we've so. kind of pigeonholed him only to three areas. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's yeah, all right. right. The amount of study he's done for himself. Okay. Stuff is crazy. So, um, fitness and health. I, I, you know, I don't like being ignorant about things that that I want to know about, that I want to yeah. talk about. So yeah. I, did some, I did a little research on fitness and health, and it was interesting. When I get these definitions, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense I to me. I love it when you do that. Just say it. it Actually, makes, Sean does too. We, we, we love it when you do that. Because All we're right. self-taught. So well, you bring us educated, right? Notes. He came with notes. I got, I got it on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I learned this morning that I could take a picture of my notes. You. Because I have my notes in my bag. Because we're old school. We yeah, write everything yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so kids at school, Paper I would say something to them, and they would say, "Yeah, hey, look on the Oh, Mr. Bushin, you're right. Yeah. It says so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny. It's like I had to read books. You just pulled it up. All right, cool. Steve. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all good. So, uh, yeah, so the thing, that, what I read, which was really interesting, is it was two things. One is about the uh, difference between fitness, like movement, mm -hmm. and exercise, which I thought was fascinating. And also the difference between fitness and health, and health is just not being sick. Okay. It's the way it's defined, which I thought was, man, that's tragic. <laughs> like if, if you're absent of sickness, you're health, you, mm -hmm. you have health. Yes. Uh, and then, but fitness was about performance, you know, your ability to do certain things, tasks and stuff. And, I thought, okay, well, that's that doesn't that doesn't give me what I what I want as a 55 year old dad of an 11 year old. Doesn't give me longevity and functionality and performance and all this sort of stuff. So, what's really going on here? And then I saw this thing about uh, movement and exercise and how exercise. And I, and I have a chart. I'm gonna bring it up. But I have this chart, and it's got movement. Versus exercise. Exercise is a planned, you know, um, activity where we decide we're going to do specific movements for a period of time to build muscle or whatever it is we, we want to do. Right. Um, and then what do we do for the rest of the day? So if we take two hours to an hour or whatever to do planned exercise mm -hmm. and then we sit for the rest of the day. Is that healthier, or are we more fit than if we walked, stood, uh, had a you know played something for an hour or two, 
If we did five things throughout the day, spent the majority of our time instead of sitting or doing nothing, if we, if we did five activities that day, would we get more health from it than if we had one hour of planned workout and then sat around for the rest of the day at our computers or whatever else we did? And I don't, I don't know the answer there, but it just got me thinking like, wow, okay. I've been saying I need to incorporate more play mm -hmm. into my life. And um, so after this, I, I have to go do a volleyball tournament. I have to leave pretty soon, unfortunately, um, in like the next you know, probably half hour um, to play. So I'll play like three matches maybe, mm -hmm. which is different than me doing an hour training. And then I'll have to eat, and I'll have to replenish, and I'll have social, and I'll, and I'll be thinking about I'll be playing again instead of doing planned, which I have trouble by myself doing planned exercise. Oh. Um, you know, because I lack your discipline and, and, and drive about wanting to achieve that thing, right? Oh, yeah. And, um, but if I have a goal or a purpose to do something, mm -hmm. then I'm unlimited. Right. You know, which is different than task. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's so that's where I am now. It's about the fitness and uh, the fitness, fitness and health, right? Yeah. And it makes you How do how do they differ? I think so. For me, what I want health to be, I want health to be more than just lack of sick, sickness. Okay. I want health to be. Um, I want health to be about quality. Okay. And I want, and I'm okay with fitness being about performance. Okay. Because I think you can be not sick, um, have some longevity in life, but not be able to do certain activities because don't have the strength or the stamina, don't have the fitness mm -hmm. to do certain things. So I think that fitness and health work together in that health is the ability, you know, to, I want it to be, to res be able to resist sickness. Okay. And also to... Uh, to function, my body to function in a certain way where I'm not going to get sick or I'm not going to get, uh, and I have some longevity. Okay. And then I want to partner with, with fitness where I can actually do things that I want to do and, um, you know, and, and pass just function. I want to be able to play and I want to be able to, uh, I want to be able to jump and land and not hurt my back. Right. You so you I mean? want performance and prevention. Prevention, but it, it longevity too. Mm -hmm. So if you put longevity, prevention, and performance, right now my brain accepts that. And the longevity piece is important because I have a young son. Yeah, and, and 80 is on your radar. Well, I was thinking about it yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking 85 because, you know, there's people, I've had a lot of people die in the last, like, month. Like, more than six people that, that I know and have been close to me. That's right. Including my coach. Yeah. And... So my mortality is like hitting me in the face right mm -hmm. now. And I said, okay, well, I'm 55. So 30 years from now, which doesn't seem like a long time, I'm 85. Mm -hmm. Is 85 a reasonable time to die? My son will be 40, 41. Um, do I want more than that? You know, what does 90 look like? What does 100 look like? My wife's grandmother's 106. You know, she can't see, she doesn't look like she's dying, she's 106, she's still going. Do I want to be 106? <clears throat> Choking up. <clears throat> There's nothing in me that says I want to be 106, naturally. 
Mm. With technology and everything else, who knows? Maybe you're 106, you're like 20. <laughs> That's a different proposition. I don't know if I choose that either, but... You can watch a show called Altered Carbon. Yeah, I've watched yeah, this yeah, show, right? <laughs> new skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I would choose a new skin. All right. Or, you know? But... So that's and that's so that's the interesting thing for me is is I'm for myself I probably wouldn't you know choose a hundred two hundred three hundred I wouldn't choose that for myself mm-hmm. for my son mm-hmm. for him to have his father around mm-hmm. I'm looking for more time but is it quality time or am I am I an eighty five year old burden to him question you know so without the fitness and the functionality and mm-hmm. mental emotional fitness and everything that goes with it you know my mother just passed away a couple of years ago and. I was I was relieved and happy that, you know, she had a great quality. She lived with cancer, brain cancer. And her last year was very, it, last year was better than the year before. We thought she died the year before. And she made this remarkable, because of my nephew, she made this remarkable recovery and lived a venturous. He used to take her out and do all these adventures. And she was eating like men, you know, like a grown, like a muscle man, you know. It's crazy how much she was eating. And, and, um, and then within a week, you know, she had a stroke. And within a week, she passed. And when I was there, the last three, four days, she couldn't eat or drink. So, mm. you know, stroke, can't talk, conscious, got her on morphine and a sponge trying to just give her Water. some moisture, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's it's horrible and what it does to your family and everything. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be a I don't want to be a 80, 90, 100 year old burden to my family. I'm just around because I want more time. So that's where the fitness and the health come in. It's like, what sort of quality am I going to give to myself and to my family mm-hmm. as I get older? Because 30 years is, that's not a long time. No. You know? And I'm not 85 in 30 years. So yeah. if I died at 85, I've had a full, I've had a full life now at 55. Mm-hmm. So at 85. So I, it, you just bring up more questions about what does age actually mean to me? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's a, so it's a separate topic. <laughs> it's a separate topic. That's what it's turning into, which so is fitness, cool. So fitness and health are important because of how I'm going to be with other people and how I'm going to be with myself for these, you know, 10 years, 65, 75, 85, 95. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what? No, no. In the essence of time, I'm going to skip me just because I want to be able to get to more of a not only our guests, but our experts as well, just to make sure that we're hitting, because um, uh, I'm very intrigued to hear what, uh, what Pat and Johnny have to say. So uh, how, Pat, how does fitness differ from health or does it? Uh, yeah, it does. And um, I never knew why I had this story and everybody kept telling me it was a story, but yeah. it kept making sense where I told everybody I'm not gonna hit the gym until I start eating healthy. And that was my go-to. As long as I'm eating junk, like, what the fuck am I doing at the gym? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Like, what am I working sense. out to eat more shit? You know, like, it just, yeah. I just felt like a slave to the capitalist. Oh, my goodness. You know, this whole story came out of it, right? Whoa, there's the fuel. There's right, the fuel. you know? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, my yeah. God, I got to roll one up this weekend and think about that for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, in, in what ended up happening was... Um, there's a time where I was the same height I was now, but about 60 pounds lighter. I mean, I could count every single bone on my body and all I ate were fruits and veggies. And if I was thirsty, I bought a cucumber and that's like 90% water. And that's what I did. Like, why even buy a Cucumbers came back. I love it. All right, yeah, keep going. Okay, so yeah, so that that was my mindset. And I mean, I was, 
Yeah, I was like uber thin. I mean, like I got cold everywhere. It was summer. <laughs> <and I> was <laughs> sure. like, it was probably a little bit too far the other way, but but um, Very yeah, nice. yeah, and um. My my dad took me aside and he's like, dude, I think you're anorexic. <laughs> anorexic, you know. Anyways, so coming from that background, um, uh, then I got into a relationship with a lady who was a total junk foodaholic, and then I just saw how that was impacting my health, and as a result, you know, the fitness never became a possibility because what was the point? Yeah. If I'm gonna go to the gym and I know later tonight I'm having a burger with fries, then now, sure, it would have been better if I went to the gym and still had the burger with fries. Sure. I get that. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, I wasn't, my mind wasn't there. My nutrition wasn't there. The fuel wasn't there. It didn't line up. It almost felt like I was fooling myself, right? And I mean, I tried it. Don't get me wrong. It did the whole, you know, gym and... Anyway, so um, cut some dead weight not long ago and now, like, just eating so much better. And, man, I, I can't even sleep, like in a good way. I'm five, six hours later and I'm ready to go. It, it, I don't even have coffee. I mean, I do because I enjoy There's it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's you know, good. but it's it's just yeah. like, just it's amazing how the food has changed so much. So now I'm back at the gym, I'm swimming, but it's not, I'm not working. Like, you know, my business partner, he came up to me, he's like, dude, let's go to the drive-thru in AW. And I, for the first time I caught myself, I'm like, dude, I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. And that was the most empowering moment. I'm like, I don't, like, why would I, I, I don't. Now, my client's having a grand opening for his uh, London fried chicken franchise that I gotta show up to after this, so I'll probably have some We'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. I gotta make it work somehow, but you know, it, Feel free. You know all, all things considered, I mean like 95% of my diet this week has been super clean. Like, nice. And I haven't been able to say that in a very long time, you know? What, so. What, what do you eat like? Just like grocery, like you go to a grocery store and you don't go to the aisles. Yep. That's my rule of thumb. I worked in a grocery store, just stick to everything left right, so of health and beauty. Yeah. You know, and that's it. And then you have all the beauty products and then everything else back there I'm not interested in. Unless, whatever, you have guests over and everybody's craving chips, so whatever. <laughs> I don't even eat chips anymore. Like, I was almost, no. Anyway, like, I don't even enjoy it, you know? Yeah. It's been a while, I haven't no, had no. it, then I had some, I'm like, I used to die. I could kill somebody for a bag of yeah, all yeah, dressed, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's and now curious, it just like, not doesn't. You, like, being like, a, you know, parties, like, in, like, you know, dinners, like, I'm like, like, you don't like chips, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, right, exactly. Uh, so now that I've created that opening for the fitness to exist because I'm paying more attention on my health, and don't get me wrong, I see there's definitely, I'm not there yet, it's just that clearing has been made. The fitness is just not like, what do I do with all this energy? Man, I better go for a swim. I went swimming twice yesterday in my condo. Like, once in the morning, I'm like, you know, fuck, I'm gonna do this again, all over, you know? Like, nice. I, I've never been able to have the energy to do that. Mm -hmm. wow. So that's, awesome. that's kind of the relationship with health and fitness for me. It's I'm very heavy on the fuel, but I had a psychedelic experience that got me to that realization. So that's why I, I listened. That was, very, that was very important. <laughs> yeah, I listened very closely to what you were saying. But those, um, so drugs are good off. for you. <laughs> some anyway, just checking. Some. So, <laughs> right. So uh, um, yeah, that's that's the long and short of it, basically. I love it, uh, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, How does fitness differ from health? I mean, great. We've got a lot of really good brainstorming going on in my head. Um, I guess I'll focus on, on one thing because there's yeah. so many things I can go into. Yeah. Uh, I think they go hand in hand because health is like the, the main parent 
whatever topic, and then fitness is, is a child of that topic. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know your health is your wealth. Just like um, Homer said. Oh, sorry, I forgot yours. Yeah. Just like Homer said earlier, um, it's it's. No, no, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, what's the point of, of getting to fifty and then finding out that you you can't even enjoy your that's life. right. No. Yeah, your health is your wealth. Why are you bothering? Um, yeah, but fitness, I believe, goes hand in hand because it's it's a, it's a litmus test for how healthy you are. If you if you can't walk with uh, you know walk a mile without heaving, if you can't go up the stairs without your back hurting or picking up something you dropped, mm-hmm. it's an indication that your health is deteriorating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can fix the symptoms of like oh my back hurts, let's go to the Cairo or let's lift more deadweight uh, deadlifts. Or perhaps there's something more underlying. Maybe there's um, I'm watching this documentary series about gut bio or microbiome. Yeah, yeah. so you know about that. Just and definitely you should also. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just fascinating how much yeah. I, I under I undermine how much what you ate created so many symptomatic things that normal Western healthcare doesn't actually address. Mm-hmm. Even things like um, like I had psoriasis, um, and that's that all comes from inflammation and stuff like that. So that's right. Health is definitely the overarching umbrella, and fitness is just one piece of that, of being able to be healthy, having health as your wealth. Um, uh, and the other part about health for me was, uh, and, and diet being important, is I, I did a keto uh, diet for just over a year. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't get, I didn't have to do to lose weight or anything like that. I was doing it for focus and mental clarity. And the point of me saying this is, was I wasn't aware of what I was eating up until then. Okay. And the biggest thing I learned from keto was just understanding my macros, understanding what macros are, caloric intake, and how that affects my mental state. And that really got me aware of uh, if you're ever developing new habits or trying to quit habits, the state of awareness brings you to either realizing that you have the habit in the first place, so knowledge is power, and then deciding if you want to keep it. So I realized that I was just eating whatever I wanted. Oh, I look good. Um, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being, then, do I actually mentally feel good? Being healthy on the outside versus the inside, because some people yeah. who do fitness enough that they look good on the outside, inside can still be garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So you have skinny fat people. You know, you, uh, you know, there's so much emphasis, too much emphasis put on weight. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm skinny, so I'm healthy. But you, your, your liver and everything could be lined with fat. You could have all oh. this, you know, not getting the nutrients you want. Yeah, um, yeah. So that. That, yeah, that I'm just, not a fan of that. <laughs> no. So just that journey of just understanding my what I was putting in my body mm-hmm. and seeing how much it affected, you know, my, my sleep. Only getting five hours and being like, I can't sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. Just put me on the path of just a renewed self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And just as much as understanding functional movement and calisthenics, as much as there's functional medicine now that's emerging in mm-hmm. microbiome research and understanding that we have the power to change our health through what we eat, Mm-hmm. I think that's just opened up a whole new world. So the lesson for me is just um, having a greater understanding of, of how I can control my own destiny in terms of what I put in my body and what I do with my body. Very succinct. succinct. Mm-hmm. I like what's it. What's the documentary? Okay. Uh, interconnected. I can send you a Google Drive link. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's like a 10-hour series. Mm-hmm. Everything from being born as a baby, and how your mi- uh, your microbiome is affected even before you have control over it, the way you're born, C-section versus mm-hmm. natural birth, yeah. all mm-hmm. the way through to 
um, like the last episode is how you can improve like uh, fecal transplants, transplants, and all this stuff. That's, that's like a big really, now, yeah, like. really cutting edge stuff that's helping a lot of people. And wow. everything in between, like how, what kind of diet, the rainbow diet, eating all the colors of the rainbow to diversify the, the enzymes and the bacteria in your gut, stuff like that. That sounds so, like your thing. I think uh, what a world we'd be in where the children, like what Andrew's doing, know that mm-hmm. from yeah. a young age. Because yeah. it's too late for too many adults that, yes, we start finding it on our own and uh, maybe health issues bring it to us, like me, over the years. But, you know, to change the world, it has to be at the children level. But, you know, at the same time, fighting that capitalism of the... For sure. Even the fitness industry and the health industry is yeah. billions and billions of dollars about, oh, just take this supplement or just do this. And all these hacks that are sold as, like, science, you know, fact, when yeah. a lot of them aren't, then it's just, it's all this behind the scenes. And until mm-hmm. you come across it and finally start to open your eyes a bit, it's scary how, yeah. you know, we think we're doing something healthy even for years. Yes. And then, oh, no, that pill or this vitamin uh, gives you cancer, too. You should have just went with the... Oh, California, fish. California. Everything in California causes cancer. <laughs> so, don't know if you ever read that, but you read any of the labels? California says this causes cancer. Okay. <laughs> um, well, since you're only just speaking, what's, what's the difference for you? Um, yeah, so, like, the... I'm probably in line with uh, Steve that it's really looking at the preventive... Um, mm-hmm. But as what Johnny's saying, fitness is a litmus test, and I'm failing that test, right? Um, but where I'm starting is with Pat, that I've gone to the naturopath and tried to look at an alkaline diet, the antioxidants. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, I am more base than acidic right now in my body, but my stomach is off kilter because of some issues I had, and then doing keto for a period of time where it really reacted against previous issues and it's literally all back to the fuel and you know that'll be uh, connected to what um, Johnny's talking about which is the pre and pro and the microbiome yeah and it'll change rapidly once you fix that so you know it's all coming you know and I've taught running and I've talked to nutritionists and I know about healthy eating and I've known about some of these things over the years I haven't consistently implemented it that's my own fault Mm-hmm. But, you know, where I'm at now is, like, looking at the future again, and definitely this group is helping keep me on point with that, and just realizing how much control I have again to say, like, this, I'm not being the rest of this because I wanted the fruit and the nuts, right? I didn't want the cheese specifically. And, you know, so the small changes, even the two weeks leading up to the naturopath, I was committed to saying I'm going to start tracking my eating habits, uh, how long I'm fasting, I'm doing intermittent fasting, nice. and how well my sleep is because the nutrition is affecting my sleep. And failing to sleep, right, I'm not able to get that energy. Like most days I'm still dragging because I just don't have it because I didn't sleep proper because I didn't eat proper. So I'm really trying to fix that part of the cycle and still trying to do some fitness. I'm standing a lot for meetings at work and, or pacing around the room and stuff like that to you know, do small changes, but uh, yeah, diet at this point is just like I'm making a change again, and you know, I'll be happy to say no NWs, no lasagna for family dinner. It's just like the effects are apparent, and they're only going to get worse as I age. So mm-hmm. if I don't put my foot down now, it's going to keep happening, and I'm going to keep going through this cycle. So for health to you know 
to stay out of sickness. I just have to put my foot down and be comfortable with that. Just keep moving forward the way I have to, regardless. Cool. Uh, where are we now? We are... Mr. Brogans, I'm skipping. We are... Uh, you know what, I, I'll, I'll put the cap on this. I agree, like, it's, it's a part, like, health for me is, like, bigger, broader picture. And, like, fitness is, like, one little puzzle. Like, I'm even, like, lately right now looking into more calisthenics and just, like, looking at this saying, yeah, like, you can, you, can, you can be the healthiest person, or you consider yourself the healthiest person. Like, for myself, like, I've been, like, oh, like, I've been going to the gym for the past how many years? Right, so, like, I'm every morning at the gym, but I'm fucking exhausted through the day. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, it's just like, like, I'm done. Right, so, um, I wouldn't consider myself healthy today. Where lots of men would look and say, well, it's Right, so like considering like maybe how I'm handling the level of stress I get today, how I'm handling the sleep, like I just definitely completely disbalanced, which I think healthy just like, with all this big infrastructure you have to be like you know, balanced. Right. So not just like hitting one puzzle and stuff, just and forgetting about the rest. So hmm. I think that it's just, like lots of parts of this, like from sleep to eating to relationships, a circle of people around you, like from all those different things. I think it's all connected. So I wouldn't call it just, yeah, fitness is the help. So I'm definitely recognizing today, like even being in fitness, I'm way further from being healthy than I used to be. So, Andrew, final question. How's your level of fitness affecting your life? Um, my level of uh, fuel intake is dramatically affecting my life. I don't ever worry about um, this new virus that they found. I don't worry about cancer. I don't worry about any of those things. Yeah. Because I know they can all be solved by food fuel. Um, the cells of your body replace themselves, and you can replace the one that left with a better one. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's all, it's all about the fuel. And it's not just about the fuel, but where the fuel comes from. Mm-hmm. So I look at the process, and um, I'm heavy into supplementation. Uh, but then again, it's where is their fuel coming from? So right. that, uh, you know, it's continue, continually learning about what I'm putting in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with, with character, we have that knowledge base. And with sleep, we have that rejuvenation. But with what I put in my mouth is what's going to give all of those two areas the fuel that they need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that today I know a lot more and I'm, a, I'm doing a lot more than when I was uh, 17 years old, which mm-hmm. is 40 years ago. And I know that when I'm 67, I'm going to be doing a lot more than when I'm, what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So. One of the former FIVB athletes that, uh, before Steve came on the picture, was Rebecca Moskowitz. And when she was about 16 working with me, I said to her, I'm going to be better as I get older. So that's what I hope to accomplish with what I'm learning about what we're discussing, Yeah, is to get better with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve talked about 85, but what does that look like? I have no idea. But I can only hope that that, that journey will take me to a better place. So I'm just worried about the, the journey in the moment, 
Mm -hmm. Just keep moving with it. Because I know that what I know now is not going to be what I know 10 years from now. So mm -hmm. hopefully there's other pieces to add to the puzzle as I'm going along. Mm -hmm. So it's very Zen Buddhist like kind of approach. Yeah. And uh, uh, Steve? Because I know you got to leave soon. Yeah. How is your uh, level of fitness affecting your life? Yeah, so different different areas, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So starting with physical, I think that um, there's a lot of worry. Uh, I don't feel healthy or fit. I do have aches and pains. I do have injuries. Um, I'm very aware of getting older. And uh, I think before I've used the story of, oh, yeah, but I'm fitter and healthier than other men my age. Mm -hmm. It's a who, golf game. Yeah. Who are, it's a who golf are game. Sick and not performing well. <laughs> it's not a, yeah. good, not a good measurement. Don't right? do that. It's got to be a golf game. <clears throat> yeah. So, and I, so my mindset's changing around that too. Um, you know, being really healthy and fit and not, not being satisfied with, you know, I don't feel like I'm dying. Mm. You know, that's not that's not a good thing. So, so that's what causes the worry, and um, and I think I've built a habit of being ignorant, not being tested, not being like just just um, taking for granted my health and my fitness. So, and now I'm realizing that that ignorance doesn't support me. Mm. So the fear of building a new habit of knowing, like being tested, tracking things, you know, like really knowing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's, so it's affecting me today is, is um, the vulnerability and the, the scariness of change, but also the opportunity and the empowerment of, okay, I'm not just gonna be ignorant, let whatever happens happen, we're gonna take charge of this. So that's how it's, that's how it's affecting me. Okay. Cool. Uh, Pat, your level of fitness right now, how, how is that affecting your life? It's just giving me a zest for life right now, man. I feel so alive, it's unreal. I mean, I still feel fat, but you know, like, I'm just so ready, man. I walk out of the this office. This from the, the guy who's not quite 30 yet, right? Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. saying. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when I came to the office on Monday, my uh, one of my coworkers just looked at me. He's like, "Dude, mm -hmm. where the hell did you come from?" Yeah, right. It just like he felt it, and I just transpired that without even saying anything. Like, let's get to work, man. Let's go. So yeah. it's not even it's not even where my body's operating at. It's more the attitude that I have towards where I want my body operating at. And that's just transpiring everywhere. Heck, even my clients get excited now, and they're like. Why the hell are you excited? Why are you excited? I don't know. We're just all excited. Everybody's just fucking excited all the time. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, it feels so awesome, man. And, um, and I'm just smiling more. I'm just smiling more. Like, I don't know it's how good. else to describe that. It's just peace, man. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, looking forward to seeing what I can do because I've never been this kind of way before. So looking forward to, heck, maybe I'll have, you know. <laughs> a laundry rack or something. <laughs> I like it. But uh, yeah, you never know, man. I mean, but if you, fun what, whatever you took that released that there, maybe take some more. Take some more. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I got rid of something. Let's put it that That's way. Okay. <laughs> I'm just scared. That's a different talk. Johnny. <laughs> Level of fitness right now, how's it affecting your life? Uh, 
fitness is not as good as it was last month when I did 22 days straight at the gym. If we're just talking about physical movement. Yeah. Um, I think having the routine is what really helped me. Not so much that the physical stuff is good too, but just having the routine of waking up at 7 a.m., going to the gym for an hour, and then doing my work. Yeah. That, was, that felt really good. So yeah. That's what I'm missing right now. Because it's, it's winter. I came from a tropical place. I have all this, you know, the excuses. So I don't have the routine. Okay. And in terms of mentally, it's like, ah, oh, I'm a bum. I'm lazy. So that's yeah. where I'm like literally at right you're now. You're bringing yourself down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, once you're I find once you're out of the gym for whatever reason, you're out of the gym for a week or something or other, so hard to get back into yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Just to get back into the routine, into the rhythm. Yeah. I, I always find that. So. so and the Ron Barton why it shows this quote specifically, it's mm. it's so fucking easy for the physical part yeah. to get back there. That's right. It's the mental all the fucking time. Yeah. Why Pat is extruding. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pat's got me excited right now. I don't know what's going on over here. Yeah, he's he's got me excited. It's, just, right? it's like that you lose that bit of fitness and you, your brain starts to tell you, well, shit, now I didn't do it for a couple of days. And shit. Yeah, we'll use Brogan's line like, like you mind fuck yourself. Yeah, that's his like, line. As soon as you step back in the gym, you always be like, okay, great. We're yeah. Back. Now we're good again. Yeah. And it's going to restore itself. Just. When you, well, when muscle you, memory, right? When you create the routine and you're getting results, yeah. your mind creates a neural pathway, mm-hmm. which is a release of dopamine. Mm-hmm. And you keep going back there for it. But once you get off the pathway, then your mind starts to create a new neural pathway, right? which might not release as much dopamine, but you're still going in that pathway. And it gets deeper than the other one. And that's where you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. So you want to make the one that works the best for you, the, the deepest one, so your mind just keeps going there. That's, that's the mental struggle, and it's all mental. I mean, the other components are just physical because we're living in a physical world, mm-hmm. but it's really the frequency of that, that mental world that you have to tap into. So I could talk about that in one sec. Just want to make sure, John. So your health right now affecting your life, positive, negative? Uh, just one Being yesterday. out of the gym, I get it, but... <laughs> You know, you're, you're a bit of a specimen, so... Well, the bare minimum I do is I do some type of exercise every morning. Yep. Um, I got that from Hal Irod's Miracle Morning Book. Okay. Uh, but I do at least uh, 25 pike press and 25 push-ups right, right when I wake up. And I yeah. committed to doing that no for another... I used to do 100, 200, that's 200 push-ups every morning. Yeah. I got bored. Yeah, it does just get doing boring. push-ups like for yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, is, and then you plateau off, and then it's just like you're doing yeah. nothing anyways. So I still do fitness every day. It's yep. part of my routine. I think it's so important to start that. But in mm-hmm. terms of my regular schedule of doing at least four times, four hours a week, mm-hmm. um, I can definitely see the effect just for me mentally because, you know, the neural pathways of dopamine, but also just that's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So it creates it creates the regiment of the rest of my life. So that's kind of... On, on the sidelines right now. Cool. Rogans, where are you fitness? Yeah. How, how, you, how, you, how How's it affecting your life right now? Big time. Yeah? <laughs> Big time. How's that? Um, I think it just puts me back in discipline. Like as someone had mentioned, like it's just like the pathway you create, you just like by simple act of just waking up and peeking my own ass out of the bed, just going like sitting down, meditating, just going like the gym. Uh, I think it just gets me present to what I do. Like just like this little part, whether it's gonna be hour, forty minutes, thirty minutes, I don't care. It just like helps me to stay in the truck. Like, like this like specifically ritual 
effects all my life. Like if I'm just like, I traveled, I just get back, and it was so painful. Like I was away and like all my uh, regiment and the work and the time shift and I, I hate it. Like I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not on the top of the things. Like I'm just completely off. Like just like this little shift. So I'm hoping I can find a better way. Like just to add something to it. Um, but yeah, big time is affecting. Hmm. Uh, Sean? How about we hear from you first? You skipped the last one. Me? Yeah, I know. I've been skipping a couple because of time. But how is your uh, level of fitness, how is that affecting your life? Yeah. Um, well, the main thing is sleep. Mm. Definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, I uh, have had a very horrible sleep pattern and fitness is part of the weight so you know that translates to having more disruptive to to sleep i snore a lot mm-hmm. part of the weight again so uh when it comes to like you know taking walks you know it's a long time i do get a little out of breath so lateness test like yeah yeah i was there so it's affecting my life that i can't do just the simple functional things that i want hmm. that's a simple answer and you're working on it? Yes. So? So it is improving already. And even the cold showers, my God, like that's enough to uh-huh. kick your ass that it helps. But I don't get that part, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, got, I, got another, I just got, no, we had another the, dude who sent me a thing. He, he went in water at minus 18. Yeah, JR yeah. went into yeah, minus 18 degree water and he came out and he's like, and I'm just like, he's what, just uh, zen. And I'm just like, uh, can't do it. The, the pants and how deep they've gone. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been too far away from it. And because I never paid attention to it as a kid, and then I didn't have it as a teenager and into my 20s, and then I got it. So I've been on this roller coaster of fitness and health, like, you know, right. since I was a teenager, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So the old pathways, which led me down you know, the wrong path are too easy to go back to. And, um, you know, sometimes it's the people you're around, you know, that affect it, and, but it's still your choice. And getting past that and being okay with eating something different or being a different way that, you know, I'm going to start showing up at family events again like I was some 15 years ago and say, no, I'm not having that. I'm going to have my own thing. Mm-hmm. And just be cool with that. Mm-hmm. I've loved that get back into the thing that I care or, Know, worry about you know them being upset it's like but I need to make these choices again mm. so I'm getting back to clarity and again new knowledge that I didn't have previously and this stuff Andrew's given us today is just like <laughs> you know super helpful that um, I want to start making the choices back the right way using them more effectively for the stress relief the meditation that I just gave up on mm-hmm. and you know so it's steps but I think the biggest lacking thing has been sleep, ultimately, mm-hmm. because I can't have the energy to do anything. That, you know, it's the digestion effect in the sleep, but also sleep historically has never been great for me. Mm. And it's always caused issues. And when I did fitness, I was too much into it that I'd be passing out, you know, every other night, kind of, because I was going too much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do things, you know, in all or nothing, and it's gotta really break that mentality and stop letting that sabotage myself that's my piece cool uh 
I know you asked uh, uh, about mine and all that kind of stuff. Um, to go along with Andrew's bit and some of the gents here already understand uh, a little bit about my story. Um, so when I dropped my weight down to 135 and so forth, you know, different tragedies hitting me on a personal level, professional level, just everything was going sideways. Uh, what I also didn't mention is, you know, for the past 27 years, I was also a DJ, so I was involved in the night scene, which I emerged from that with only one vice, which was smoking. So I had smoking. I didn't touch cocaine or heroin or whatever it is that was out there. Not even marijuana, all that kind of stuff. Didn't touch. Cigarettes kicked me in the ass. So I had that for the past 27 years. And um, uh, to your bit about dopamine and so forth, I went and I actually got lasered. So I don't know if it's, it's frequency or whatever it is, but I had laser acupuncture done to me. And that's it. It's gone. Done. Haven't touched it since September the 30th. So the idea is, I don't know what it did, but it worked. And I guess the reinforcing message is at the end of the day, he gave me a sheet of paper that says, you know, congratulations, you're now a non-smoker. And gave me different things. That, yeah, you got a new status, you know, for your Facebook profile. And uh, <laughs> you now get to say, uh, he gave you a list at, at, you know, eight hours later, you know, 24 hours later, 72, three months later, four months, five months, 10 years, whatever, how your body is going to repair itself from all the damage that you've done to it for the past little while. So the idea of that level of health with the smoking side of it, you know, clearly that's grown and changed because I stopped that almost six months ago. But the, uh, the other side of it for me is the mental health. So when I went to see the psychologist, which uh, my, my former boss, retired cop, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff, he says, every man should go and get a tune-up, right? You go and you see a mechanic to get a tune-up every year, right? No big deal. My company gives it to you, you get it for free. You get 10 sessions for free. So you go in and you just get the cobwebs all cleaned out. And in that session, while I was that session, in that several sessions, uh, while I was down and out in the world was coming to an end for me, she suggested that I get into the gym. Uh, this was while I was smoking, that I get into the gym because the job, the, the, um, the stressors that I had on me at the time, you know, your mortgage, your child, your blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, all this stress that's hitting you all at the same time, you don't hit the gym, you're going to eat, eat eating alive, right? You, you're, you're not going to survive it. So that's where the journey at the gym pretty much really uh, became impactful for me. So how is um, uh, health affecting my life or my level of fitness affecting my life right now? It is a uh, release for me. It is where I get my dopamine. It is where I get my confidence. It is where I get my... Um, uh, clear my head uh, and so forth it's just the blood is flowing and I just need to get down there for an hour I get down there for one hour I'm golden right and I can sleep I can do all those things when I was down and out couldn't sleep um, ZMA zinc magnesium and vitamin B12 take that go to bed and it works for me it put me down for eight hours solid Woke up, 
uh, feeling like Pat. <laughs> Woke up feeling like I could take on the world, right? And that was it. Like so, the supplements was uh, you got to find the right company for you, kind of thing. For me, it's Progressive. They make veggie greens with multivitamin and whatever. I take that shit. That's like coffee to me. It's crazy. You drink that, and just full of energy, full of life. And again, the idea of uh, putting living things inside of me. Oddly enough, taking those supplements helped me get towards eating shit that was just picked, freshly picked and all that kind of stuff. Like like living food is what I'm trying to put inside of me, not necessarily dead food. Don't get me wrong. I love meat. I'm just saying. I love meat. But I try my best to put living food in me at uh, every chance I get, as fresh as it can be. So um, round table, real quick, just want to wrap up but i still want to you know kind of have a little chat with uh, the guests here after andrew uh from today's session from all that was shared in today's session what would you say is a takeaway for you what are you taking with you from this session that we all have different perspectives yeah and uh whatever perspective you have from the discussion i realized that it just means that we're coming at the same goal from a different path, but we're still coming at the same goal. Mm-hmm. You always say deep shit, man. I'm going to turn around. <laughs> I got to have to listen to this over again and just, Let's he gives us one line and we just sit there. And <laughs> Got it. Pat, what are you taking with you? Um, my mindset's been on the shift from, we'll call it junk food to just non-junk food. And now I become aware of, you know, there's even the quality of the quality food I can start paying attention to, like where it came from other than my fridge, you know, (laughs) (laughs) my fridge was the goal. And now it's not good enough. (laughs) Right. So it's showing me that there's more to it that I can pay attention to that. I just absolutely didn't even cross my mind. So yeah. 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 Johnny. Uh, Really great to just hear mixed perspectives from everyone uh, uh, regardless of where we're at it's just good to reinforce what I know and and uh, get back yeah oh believe me I'm taking um, <laughs> Brigance <laughs> I'm actually gonna piggyback like on the food chain like uh, it's really gonna got me thinking just to even uh, kind of deeper like where my food is coming from and I've noticed like lately like the habits of eating and just getting more into like fitness side of things like just definitely affects the brain and all the things and uh, I like the family tree idea definitely mm. changing the family tree I think microbiome and just the stuff like I'll definitely gonna get more deeper into this so like food microbiome and family tree those yeah. two three things okay oh and you know what I put in another one big big check mark uh, anti-oxidation <laughs> yeah that's definitely something I'm gonna scratch my head like for me it was mentioned like it was yeah. dark fruits and cruciferous vegetables I'll that's where you. I was trying to get to I'll send you the sheet don't worry. yeah <laughs> can you send this yeah. Yeah. he's got a sheet yeah. I like that's it yeah, I like it well, okay yeah. Sean what do yeah. you got so uh, because of the naturopath I asked her and necessarily she wasn't gonna give it to me she might have Eventually, but I already knew about it coming Did in. Did you force her? <laughs> well, I said, what about an alkaline diet? And yes. she said, antioxidants. And yes. before seeing her, like in the past month, we got a Vitamix in Yay. January. Mm-hmm. Best investment in yes. our lives because 
uh, you know, we don't always cook, or when we have, you know, um, certain types of fruits, fruits and veggies, we don't always get the right amount. And uh, even now we're off coffee for a pure cocoa, dandelion root, mushroom thing that tastes yes. just like coffee with no yeah. caffeine or bad effects in the way that regular coffee does. So you can get off that if I show you a mix. But, um, so the alkaline versus acidic diet to me was like, okay, my stomach's been messed up for years. Yeah. Is that something I need? And I brought it to her and she's like, antioxidants. And I listed off some of the food we're having on a regular basis now. She's like, I can tell by the scans that I've done of you that you're already in better shape than probably where you would have been if you came here without having done that. Oh. So even literally a month of eating this difference, like you talk about your body recycling itself. And I never thought of it to that extreme that seven years you have a new body and that's phenomenal. Like just if you think that way, you know, every seven for years. us who overeat except, because of emotional stuff. Except your brain and your CNS, everything else changes. But just that concept to say like, yeah, I was fat and yeah, I've had issues with that, but fuck that. I can leave that shit behind and literally I'm not going to be in this body in seven years. That's fucking liberating. I've never had that before. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Um, I swear a lot. Apologies. That's just another frequency. Yeah. Uh, just another frequency. <laughs> That's so what I'm going to say to my, uh, to my girlfriend. It's <laughs> <laughs> just another frequency. Uh, to your thing that uh, Andrew brought up about the quality of food, um, Environmental Working Group is a non-for-profit organization that looks at foods, studies what's pesticide, what you should be focusing on organics or if you can get local by some means. Environmental yeah, Working Group? Yes. They have a list called the Dirty Dozen. Oh, I've heard of this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're about to release a new one this year. And the concept is we need to be thinking about always where's the food coming from? Because the corporations and mm -hmm. it's your industry, it's just yep. the way the business is that, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting the cheapest, most economical thing to your fridge. Mm -hmm. It's not the best thing for you. And I didn't even know the extent of the food being dead, but it makes... As soon as you said it. Well, even the food that ends up at Well, McEwen's, milk used to make me sick, right? So. Yeah. The food that ends up at McEwen's over here yeah. is a lot different than the food that ends up at no further Markham and Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's sad because that's the state of the world and economics and you know, people's uh, status as far as what they can afford or not. And it's very unfortunate, but if you have the means, you can Absolutely. take care of yourself a different way than but you can have the means and still be going to A&W all the time, right? Yeah. It's just exactly. like, it's so easy to just get off the path if you one, don't know about it, or two, aren't uh, continuing to work towards it. So, yeah, just, just I'm gonna be listening to this like three, four times. That's mm -hmm. all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. you know, every, every, when's the next session? Everything on the planet is free. Air, sunshine, land, mm. how you can house yourself, clothe yourself, it's all free. Yeah. Man has created a construct to create a divide. If you, right. can divide you just want matrix on me. All right. Yep. <laughs> if, you can, if you can divide the majority, then you can control them because now they're more of a minorities. Absolutely. And if you get them to fight each other, then you don't have to control them. They're controlling themselves. But everything is free on this planet. Everything. And ironically, sitting in the real estate office, so. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about so, there, the entire conversation is a takeaway for me. So much as Sean said before, I'm going to have to listen to this over and over again. Um, so, 
those of you that have been kind of following along with what we've been doing all year long, uh, last year we had uh, about three conversations related to finances. So we started this month off with uh, kind of where's your financial health. Um, this year, uh, basically the first quarter of the year has been all about health. So we started off with where's your financial health and where you're going. Then we looked at in, in, in February, last meeting, we started talking about eating versus culture. So the idea of the types of foods that we're eating. Um, and clearly that uh, uh, has also come out in this session as well. Uh, this session was uh, about your um, uh, physical fitness health. Uh, we wanted to see uh, where we were all at um, physically and uh, are we getting to our goals and where we're going to go. Uh, next month, to Pat's question, on April the 4th, we are going to meet here again. And this time it's going to be more so about mental health. So the topic, as Sean has listed out here for us, is pushing our minds to the limits. So we want to see where our mental health is at, where we are trying to get to. And, uh, you know, we're going to come up with some ideas on uh, what we want to explore with this. And uh, April the 4th is that session. It'd be nice to see you show up. That would be a good one. Uh, you're all invited, and we'd love to see where you're at. Right? Especially the Zen guy, Zen master over here, and the man who's living in Zen territory uh, out in Malaysia. So I'd love to hear uh, uh, what your thoughts are on that. Uh, and that's pretty much where we're at. Thank you for leading. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right.